Yes, 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 people. What's going down? Welcome to this week's episode of Echo Chamber. So, as we do, before we kick things off, we got three films this week, people. We are gonna take a look at the top 10 in the UK for the weekend of the 11th to the 13th of September. So, at number 10, we've got Walt Don's Trolls World Tour. Voice cast Rachel Bloom. Anthony Ramos, Jamie Derman, and Anna Kendricks. At number nine, we got Unhinged. This is from Derek Bort, starring Russell Crowe, Jimmy Simpson, Karen Pitoris, and Austin P. McKenna. At number eight, people, we got 100% Wolf. This is from Alexis Stedman with the voice cast of Ilya Swindells, Reese Darby, Akmal Shalash, and Magda Shababa. Okay, so at number seven, we've got Katharic Subarik's Petter, which is. yeah, I can't pronounce any of the people that are starring in it. But it's, uh, yeah, this week's number seven film, people. At number six, another new entry. We have got Natalie Krinsky's The Broken Heart Gallery. This is starring Philippa Sue, Molly Gordon, uh, Geraldine... Viskinski and uh, Das Montgomery. Okay, at number five, we've got Dan Scanlon's huge hit, Onward. Voice cast of Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Octavia Spencer, and Julia Lewis Dreyfus. Our number four film this week, holding strong, surprisingly, we've got Josh Boone's The New Mutants, starring Anna Taylor-Johnson, Maisie Williams, Charlie Heaton, and Blue Hunt. That means at number five, it's uh, Break the Silence. (laughs) Yeah. All those BTS fans are really making that film cha-ching. At number two, we've got After We Collide. This is from director Roger Crumble, starring Hero Finds Triffin, uh, Josh, uh, Joseph Langford, Dylan Spruce, and Candice King. Which means, people, our number one film, and everyone knew it, it's goddamn Tenant. So, Christopher Nolan weaves his magic again. We got Robert Patterson killing it, Elizabeth Debicki, 
Herring and John David Washington, leading man, smashing this film. So, people, before we get into this week's films, a little bit of news for you, a little bit of information. All right, let's go. Horror fans, this is going to be good news for you. So, Jinga Films are delighted to announce the launch of their new distribution arm, Danze Macabre. Under the Jinga umbrella, Danze Macabre will be focused on the distribution of horror films in the English-speaking territories, the UK, Ireland, the US, Canada, Australia and New Zealand. Danse Macabre will also act as a horror sales sub-label within Jenga Films, whilst Jenga itself expands to include a wider range of genres, including art house. Much like Jenga Films, Danse Macabre is co-owned by Julian Richards and Rosanna Cutellino. Julian was thrilled to confirm the news. Danse Macabre will be the home for horror, run by horror fans, for horror fans. We travel the world, select the best films, and will bring them to our audience in a terrific package. Janga has established a reputation for outstanding horror films from across the globe including the last horror movie, Rabies, a suburban film, The House at the End of Time, The Canal, Our Evil and Stillborn. Danze Macabre will continue that tradition, but as a distributor in the UK, US and Australia, taking our inspiration from former UK label Tartan Films. We will offer genre fans a selection of exotic titles that might never find distribution in the mainstream market, whilst also releasing mainstream titles theoretically and through supermarkets. Marketing and, compute, marketing and communications agency Stripe Media will be working with Danse Macabre across their titles. So Danse Macabre will be distributing five titles across 2020. Both Antrim, which is the 26th of October, and the Ringmaster, the 16th of November, will have theoretical releases alongside their home entertainment releases. Gags the Clown on the 5th of October, Purgatory Road, the 2nd of November, and All the Creatures Were Stirring, the 23rd of November, will be released across DVD and digital. So, at the moment, they are planning their 2021 slate and have confirmed the release of Thomas Gurick's award-winning vampire horror, The Curse of Valbergura, Megan Friel's Johnston's black comedy slasher, The Ice Cream Truck, Tinny Tolman's psychological thriller, Freddy Eddie, which premiered at Fight Fest, 
and Justin Reisbiller's New York set Slasher Central Park, Mike Sheridan's Folk Horror Crone Wood, R.P. Kyle's erotic thriller Ecstasy starring Deborah Cara Unger, Severon Escalan's controversial psychological horror Lust, and Shiver. To psychological horror starring John Jarrett, Danielle Harris, Casper Van Dien, and directed by Jinga Films and Dance Macabre's owner, Julian Richards. So there is a lot to look out for, people, and the best stuff will be marked. Danze Macabre. Okay, so this is for all you Shudder, Horror and Creepshow fans. Shudder are pleased to announce the start of production on the highly anticipated second season of its hit series Creepshow in Atlanta, Georgia. The anthology series which shattered all Shudder Records, when it debuted last October, is executive produced by showrunner Greg Nicoretto, who was involved with The Walking Dead. And it's based on George A. Romaro's iconic 1982 movie. The six-episode second season will premiere exclusively on Shudder in 2021. The show is following all safety guidelines and protocols in accordance with SAG-AFTRA-DOGA and all of those other guidances, etc, etc. Right, so Craig Engler, Shudder's general manager, had... um, You know, he had this to say. Season 1 was a monster hit for us, setting viewership records across the board, while becoming the best-viewed non-horror series of 2019. For Season 2, Greg Nicoretto and his team have outdone themselves, with bigger and bolder stories, new incredible creature designs, and clever twists that truly live up to the show's tagline. The most fun you'll have being scared. You know, and Nicoretto, he had this to say, I've never been happier to get behind the camera as I am today. After missing our shoot date in March by just over 48 hours, season 2 of Creepshow hits the ground running as cameras begin to roll. The cast and the crew have a level of excitement and enthusiasm I've never seen before. And it's inspiring. So many of us in the entertainment industry have been waiting for the day we can begin to do what we do best. To have some fun together, creating new worlds, new adventures, and new thrills. You know, their Shudder also revealed initial details about four of this season's segments, which will be directed by Nicoretto, Anna Camp, and Adam Pally. Um, you know, will also star in Shapeshifter's anonymous 
parts one and two, written by Nicoretto, based on a short story by J.A. Conrath, um, about an unlucky soul who finds himself in need of a werewolf support group. Uh, Keith David, Ashley Lawrence and Josh McDermott will star in Pesticide, written by Frank Dietz, in which an exterminator makes an infernal bargain. And Model Kid, written by returning creep show writer John Espiotto. Um, is about a 12-year-old monster fan who turns to hand-built model kits to escape his unhappy reality. Additional titles, castings and directors will be announced soon. So, in its first season, Creepshow smashed records for Shudder in number of viewers. New subscriber sign-ups and total minutes streamed to become the most watched program in Shudder history, followed by a successful run on AMC. The show was a hit with critics as well as fans as one of 2019's best-reviewed non-genre series with a 97% fresh rating on review aggregator Rotten Tomato. The inaugural season starred David Arquette, Adrien Babu, Tobin Bell, Big Boy, Jeffrey Combs, Kid Cudi, Bruce Davison, Giancullo Esperito, Dana Gould, Trisha Heffer and DJ Quails and featured adaptations of stories by Stephen King, Joe Hill, Joe R. Lansdale and Josh Maelstrom. So, when season two debuts, I'll make sure you are there to check it out. Independent cinema pop-up screens is back this winter, taking over Peckham's popular boozy building with a season of exciting and immersive events taking place from from the 23rd of October to the 20th of December. The pop-up Peckham series will feature scary screenings in a forbidden forest, Belly laughs at the first ever Peckham Comedy Festival, a half-term family film fest, and the return of Cinema in the Snow, a stunning cinematic Christmas experience set in a magical snow-filled wonderland. The Forbidden Forest Cinema, which takes place the 23rd of October to the 15th of November, it's kicking off the schedule of events will be um, a collection of immersive Fright Night Halloween screenings. Visitors must brave their way through a forbidden forest before discovering an eerie woodland cinema, the perfect setting for their favourite film. Films include Halloween horror favourites such as A Nightmare on Elm Street, Hereditary, It, Beetlejuice, Scream, The Shining, 
and the Blair Witch Project, as well as cult classics like Donnie Darko, Rocky Horror Picture Show, From Dusk Till Dawn, Labyrinth, and The Craft. Half-term screenings of Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, Onward, Myuna, Minions, and Toy Story 4 will also be part of the schedule, coupled with a family-friendly magical adventure through the mysterious forest. Adult tickets will be priced from £22, including all fees, with concessions for family tickets and half-term screenings. A limited amount of VIP tickets will also be made available at £27.50, again, including all fees, premium seats and a drink. Other announced events that will follow later in the year include... Peckham Comedy Festival, the 19th to the 22nd of November, and the return of Cinema in the Snow, which is the 27th of November to the 20th of December. Okay, so the booking information are in the episode details. So, if you fancy some cinema in a forest, some snow and comedy, go and check it out. Okay, so now we're done with that. Let's get into this week's films. Okay, so I'd forgotten all about this film. <laughs> I didn't think I was doing any horror this week. And then, uh, yeah, this came through. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Alright, gonna wait till the morning before I check it out Glad I did, alright So, um, yeah, just checked out Curtis David Harder's new film, Spiral Not to be mistaken for the upcoming Saw film from Chris Rock Okay, let's get that clear Now, it's, um, as I said, look, it's written by Harder who also produced it along with Chris Ball, um, Colin Minihan, and John Palquin. Now, the, the last two also wrote the film. It's starring uh, Jeffrey Bauer Chapman, who plays um, Malik. Uh, we got Ari Cohen. Who plays Aaron? Uh, Lachlan Monroe, right? Who plays Marshall? And uh, Chandra West, who plays uh, Tiffany? Who are um, the neighbors? Um, but that's not all. You know, yeah, obviously there are more to the cast, okay We have Jennifer Laporte, who is Kayla um, The daughter, Aaron and Malik's daughter And we got Ty Wood, who plays Tyler Who is Marshall and Tiffany's son Right, so, um, yeah, they're our main protagonists, I would say Alright, 
Uh, the music is by Avery Kentis. Cinematography is Bradley Starkle. And the um and the gist is this, okay? So um Malik and Aaron, a same-sex couple who moved to a small town with their daughter Kayla, only to suspect that their initial welcome from their neighbours, Marshall and Tiffany, may be concealing who something much more sinister. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is the thing. And oh my days. Like the film, it definitely starts off creepy as fuck. Right? So the first thing we see uh is just this weird scene. Right? We got um a guy just scared out of his life. Then we we see someone laying there with blood and it's at night and it's just like oh Right, so we see that Then we come back to present day Right, and we're on Malik So the camera goes from that scene to present day And focuses on Malik So obviously you've realised Okay, so the guy in the pain Is scared That was a younger Malik Right, so we have that Then it kind of pans around and we see that there, he's driving with another guy. And there's a girl in the back. And through the conversation, like you're like, okay, right, right, right. They're together. That's the daughter. She seems unhappy. So she didn't really want to come to this place. Right, so that's your kind of initial introduction. Then out of nowhere, suddenly something hits the front window screen and it shat like there's a you know a shatter in it. So you're just like and literally it's out of nowhere. So you're like, what? What? And I'm just like, come on man. <laughs> don't make me jump. Not this early. I don't need this shit. What are you doing to me? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, like that's just the opening. And you're just like, ah, Fuck. <laughs> so we're getting, you know what I mean? Like, as the film goes, we're getting kind of an insight into just kind of what's going on. Like, I don't know, you, you get this feeling of just uncertainty and just oddness. Which isn't helped by the eerie fucking music playing constantly. And you're also getting these odd dynamics because, like, one of the first, like, family conversations is the daughter to asking, So, what was your uh, first sexual experience? And you're like, hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. This is interesting. <laughs> and like Malik tells her, Aaron, he's not really down for it. She doesn't really want to, you know, so it's just a bit like, <laughs> you guys, you don't, you're not really that open with each other. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's happening? 
But yeah, so you're getting a sense of the family. So it's just like Aaron's got a full time job. Malik, he's kind of working from home. You know, he's he's on a freelance basis. Right, so we see all of these kind of things that are happening. And, like, throughout, there's just these kind of moments of... Like, there's these nice little moments, like Malik and Kayla. You know, they're bonding over a photo album. But then it all kind of gets... it's You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's fine, but then it goes a bit weird... And you're just a bit like, hmm, okay, what's been happening? You know, like when you see Kayla on the phone with her her boyfriend. So, yeah, you feel that she's not happy to have moved. But we never really find out why they did move. Right, we see Malik working on this project, which... Over time, over the course of the of the film, like you you see what the project is, and it's just a bit like, huh? Like, how the fuck did you get this project? Who gave you this project? You know what I mean? It doesn't really seem the 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 thing that he would be wanting to do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think everyone can just be... you. There's a separation when it comes to work. But this, you're just like... <laughs> From what we learn of the league, it's just like... Yeah, this ain't, this ain't the thing for him. Definitely not. But there's all this weirdness, right? So, their neighbours... Well, I will say... Actually, let me say... Like, the neighbours stopped by, right... And it's the wife. She brings a plant. And, um, you know, she's just all... (laughs) It's like she doesn't seem overly down with them being gay. Right? Tries to play it off. But, like, so you get this weird sense of stuff. Which the, the, the film does do well. Right, so playing off these certain themes to lead you in certain directions, right? Another thing it does, it takes inconsequential things and moments, amps it up. So you're thinking, what, what, what? And then it's just nothing. You're like, ah, you son of a bitch. Like a tree knocking on a window. So you're just hearing this tap, tap, tap. It's just like, oh, what the fuck? Hey, what's happening here, man? What's happening? And yeah, then it's just a tree. (laughs) Uh, Which does play into, you know, the neighbor popping over. But yeah, like there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. Like there's a point when Aaron's all... Wait, do you hear that? And everyone just stops. And it's just like, you know, the background music's like amping up. And it's like, wait, do you hear that? And then it's just like, yeah, there's nothing. And it's just like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, they they play, as I said, look, they're playing off all these themes, so there's all this tension and uncertainty, right, and so you're like, oh, is it homophobia, or is it something else, and then the film will, you know what I mean, take you in a direction, it's something else, and then it suddenly throws homophobia at you, and you're just like, oh, wait, did I just misread that? Like, huh, okay, alright, oh, so, yeah, this wasn't, and then it takes you somewhere, so, yeah, it keeps you off balanced, right, which is, yeah, it is kind of smart, yeah, definitely that, now, the, and I think that saves the film, for sure, now, the film is, like, the acting and everything is good, right, you do get a bit, there is some frustration in the film, right, with certain incidents, right, so you get these things happening, but for some reason, like, they're not being communicated, and you're just like, wait, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you mention that, that's so fucking bizarre, you know what I mean? It, it, it's just like, especially, um, right, so there's a, there's this incident of, like, homophobia, like, something that you kind of feel, alright, yeah, I'd bring that up, especially when your response is to install an alarm, right, your partner's not happy that you've just spent this money on an alarm, so you surely go, yeah, it's there because someone did this, right, it's the simplest thing, takes all the tension out of that situation, yeah, and both people are now aware, because you just think there is that concern, right, there is a level of concern that, oh, if this has happened, it could escalate, and especially when you have been in that situation before. So it's just like, wait, why wouldn't you mention that? So there's things like that that you just are just a bit like, huh, like, what? Why aren't you just talking? Why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't you document that? You know, so there's these odd things. These real bizarre, like, moments. Uh, you know, like, I think there's things as well. Like, there's a situation with the daughter and a guy. But, like, there's something that happens and you just... It never then gets mentioned. And you're thinking, well, surely, wouldn't you... Yeah, or just show something that transitions us from that to that. Right? Why wouldn't you do that? Right? So, yeah, there's, there's, sometimes the story takes these jumps. You know what I mean? Like, another thing that we see is Malik is having these issues. And then, again, they're not really talked about. And you think, well, why wouldn't you? 
You know, it's just like obviously it's connected with what we've seen at the beginning of the film. But why isn't that discussed? Why isn't it talked about? Or has it been? You know, it just gives us a few holes. Right? So, yeah, just these weird holes in the plot. Which then makes there's some incidents that happen later in the film. Right? And it's some big shit. You know, and you're just like... Wait, how did we suddenly jump from here to here? And also, we, we've made these jumps. But there is now no... Um, there seems no grey area. Like, you'd think, wouldn't wouldn't there be more of a discussion here? Like, is this not the first time? Is it? How did we get from here to here? Right, so you wonder about all of these things. But suddenly, we're in this certain place with the story. And you're just like, oh, I may have just misread a lot of stuff. Right? And it takes us to this thing, and we're just like, huh, okay, interesting. But then, sure, we we see this thing, this certain thing happens, and you're like, oh, oh my god, hurry, oh my god, and I have to say, it was a nice little, yeah, hats off, hats off to the end, though I did think at first, I was a bit like, oh, now they've showed us how the sausage is made, hmm, don't know, not sure about that one, grrr, but, then you get this other bit tacked on at the very end that's definitely interesting, right? Because you're just like, oh, hmm, what's going to happen now? Jerry, like, how does this then unfold? Oh, this could be interesting. Now, you do wonder... Right, you do kind of wonder slightly why that and why not give this information somewhere else as well, or you know, what I mean? but it is interesting. You know, what I mean? it does make you go, Oh, right, so yeah, I get it, it's all right, it's, it's pretty. Hmm, yeah, definitely not a bad film, people, not a bad film, it does, yeah, I definitely jump sometimes, right, um, I kind of feel that, hmm, if you just like those weird, creepy, you know what I mean? Just films that are just a bit like, oh, god damn. <laughs> you know, I, I, you'll be down with this. Um, gosh, 
Oh man, there's this. There was this film on. It's on Netflix about voyeurism, like cool girls. Ah, I forget what it's called now. That's irritating. But I kind of feel if you like that, this really plays into um. This really plays into that, right? Along with um, gosh. Like the the lake house, you know those weird kind of creepy, those weird kind of creepy films. So yeah, like the the you know we got um, what the lake house, and then uh, man, was it some other of the of the weirdness that friggin' Shudder have been putting out of late. Just, yeah, there's a, like, scare package, there was some of those shorts, you'd be like, yeah, you know, this plays definitely into, um, what we see, sorry, the beach house, the beach house, and, um, lake of death, right, so, yeah, I think if you like those, yeah, this, you will, you will definitely be interested by Spiral, now, I will point out, though, right, People don't seem to understand what mirrors are. No, sorry, windows, right? That's the one thing in this film. People do not seem to get the hang of windows, right? If you can see something out a window, it means that, you know, vice versa. <laughs> like, these aren't one-way windows. These aren't one-way mirrors, you read like if you can see out, people can see in. Hear and I, I, I it, it would seem that a lot of the cast quite can't quite fathom that. <laughs> so yeah, that that was a um that was a takeaway. <laughs> that was something I like. I noticed something like, wait, do they not understand that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, no, definitely an interesting film, people. Definitely an interesting film. And so, yeah, if you are down with it, if you enjoy it, well, you know what I mean? Lucky for you. Because it will be hitting, um, you know what I mean? It will be hitting the service shudder on uh, the 17th, right? So you will be able to check it out and enjoy it. And uh, just to be clear, that's today, right? 17th is today, people. So, yeah. Go over to Shudder, check it out, have some fun. Now, if you don't have a Shudder account, right, there is a code in the episode details that will get you a, um, you know, a free little trial. So, uh, yeah, go do that, have some fun, check out the content, and I imagine you'd be sticking around for longer. All right? Cool, people. That's us. Spiral. Check it out. Have some fun. Oh.
Okay, so I thought I was done with the horror this week, but I, uh, another film came through. So just finished watching No Escape, right? Uh, you might see it around as Follow Me. That was the original title, but it changed. So this is the new creation from uh, director... Will Wirick? Ah, no, sorry, Wernick. God damn it. Yes, Will Wernick. Okay. Um, now, you may know him from his previous film, Escape Room, which came out in 2017. Um, now, it hit the UK in 2018. So um, we looked at that in an earlier podcast Okay, so this new film um, It's got a, you know, it's got a pretty I, I feel it's a cast that people, you know Probably will recognise a lot of the folk So we've got Holland Roden uh, Denzel Whittaker Keegan Allen, Ronan Rubenstein, uh, Pasha D. Linkoff, Kimberly Quinn, uh, Amelia Erez, uh, Demetria D. Marinov. You know, so um, a lot of those people from, uh, I think, some. You know, shows that you might know, like Pretty Little Liars, Teen Wolf, The Purge, Deadwood, Shameless. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, a few people. You know, also uh, Sia and George Janko. Okay, so the gist of the film is this. A social media star travels with his friends to Moscow to capture new content for his successful vlog. Always pushing the limits and catering to a growing audience, he and his friends enter a cold world of mystery, excess and danger. As the line between real life and social media is blurred, the group must fight to escape and survive. <laughs> it's always a little coolie, right? <laughs> okay, so um Wernick has said this about the film, okay? So, social media is changing us all. As expectations of living a hyper and perfect life are pushed ever higher, what might we be willing to do to satisfy our audience? With or without realising it, we are dishonest with each other all the time. We constantly adjust our behaviour to satisfy the needs of those surrounding us, including the needs of our audience. The film explores our changing relationship to entertainment. It interweaves the forces of social media and fame within the evolving landscape 
of experiential entertainment and challenges the viewer to consider how they interact with their digital world. Now, that is a, uh, yeah, I think that's, I, it's kind of interesting. Like, we've seen it addressed uh, with a good few things. Like, back, Black Mirror have done, who like a couple of episodes. You mean they did the one with, uh, is it Miley Cyrus, the singing one? And then they also did the one... Um, gosh, it was the first episode when they moved over to Netflix And, you know, you get the scores, the likes and all of that uh, You know, allowing you to travel and all of that So, you know, we, we've seen it explored And that's just two There's been a good few uh, shows that have kind of tried to look into this Some better than others, you know what I mean? Now with this, okay, so we get introduced at the start of the film And, um, yeah, our, our main character, Cole He's, um, you know, he runs a successful, uh, you know, I guess you'd, you'd say he's an influencer You know what I mean? He has a successful channel online And Like we don't actually know what he does They vaguely address it You know, so it starts off with him talking Going, oh yeah, I've always recorded things And you know, I've done this for this many years You know, um Hey, my parents used to record me all the time And that got me doing it Blah, blah, blah So I've done all these crazy things Right, so we get this And it's just like, because this is our anniversary We decided to do something special And um, so I, he, he mentions that You know, a poll was put up Right, asking you know, his fans Where they should go for You know, the anniversary special And for some reason Russia was chosen So they're on a plane Going to Russia Right, he, one of his friends You know Like Yeah, we're not quite sure about a lot of the relationships, right? That some of them are very vague. You know, all we know is Thomas, you know, played by Whitaker, is meant to be his like best friend. You know what I mean? Um childhood friend. But then he's got Dash, right? Who I don't know if Dash is meant to be a business partner uh, Like he's a friend But we don't know Of what level Right so that's one of the um, The big things It's like the levels Of uh, some of this Like hmm Okay so what is that person To you uh, So we, we, we Have that right And yeah <sighs> 
like they're on a plane, they're going to this thing, and um, hmm, yeah, tangent, right? Um, yes, his friend Dash had he knows this Russian guy, right? He says he's a baller, and he has um arranged for them to go do this escape room. And as we're seeing it, like, there's not a whole heap of information, right? Not a whole heap of information about what they're doing, the connections, just any of this. But, right, it's all kind of set up. It's all in place, and that's what they're doing. So they go to Russia, and... very opulent, they get picked up in cars, you know, they're staying in some swanky-ass hotel, but, I guess it's like, you know what I mean, the way they're interacting, it's like they've never done anything, which is odd, because, you know, we've already kind of been given the impression that they've been on many adventures, right? All been on many adventures, but when they get to the airport and just in general, they're kind of acting like they've never been to another country and they're doing some ridiculous shit, right? Just some ridiculous shit, which you're just like, oh, what, what, huh? What, what are you doing now? What's going on? And they, so it's all a bit weird. Right? It's all a bit weird. Uh, so they're at a club. Some craziness happens. Which, right? There's stuff that happens in the club. You're just like, what? Like, it doesn't really make any sense. You know what I mean? You'd think it would give you alarm bells, but no one's really asking the questions. Like, I think Cole's like, oh, what was that? And then that's it, kind of thing. And so it's all a bit odd, right? All a bit suspect, all a bit odd. Now, they, um, I think he, he goes for dinner with his girlfriend. And you're you're having this it there's some odd shit that's going on, right? So ah uh, now let me go back, right? So the stuff in the club, right? Now that gets uh the stuff that happens, he makes one comment a bit like, oh I wonder if that was captured. Right, and then at dinner, his girl's a bit like, "Oh, you you seem to, you know, be a different person around the camera, blah blah blah." But uh, and they're kind of questions and things like, "Wait, how long have you been around each other?" You know, what I mean? like it, it's it's stuff that. If you've been around him for a long period of time, which it's kind of alluded to, then you wouldn't really be asking that question, right? That's maybe something that might get asked at 
the very star. But at this point, you should know. Right? You should know. So, some stuff doesn't really make sense, but it's not really... We don't get a deep dive into these things. You know what I mean? And so they go on the escape room. Which, again, like, you'd think there'd be questions, right? You'd think there'd be questions, but there's not. But that's when it all turns, right? So now they kind of think, oh, um, stuff's going down that may be... (laughs) This could be realer than we thought. Right, and so the the film kind of revs up a gear. But you would say it's it's hard to it's hard to take it serious, right? Because the film definitely does a turn at this point, right? So we go from this party party to. A a, a a kind of saw hybrid You know what I mean Like saw light You know what I mean that, that's, that's how you might kind of describe it And Yeah there, there's Now there's issues Right Firstly I would say It's just a connection to the characters Like We really don't have any you know, like you you have this quick little oh yeah that's blah 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 but that's it there's nothing else you understand it's we we just know Aaron's Cole's girlfriend Thomas is his best friend Dash is his friend business partner whatever that is right see you know Sam, she's, you know, well, she does the X Games, like, this is it, but you don't know anything else, so you don't really care, that's the big thing, like, we don't really care about any of them, so it's problematic, right, so you have that, you also then have the thing of, you're in an escape room. <laughs> the escape room has a time limit. But they're acting kind of like there's no time limit. So it's all a bit like, wait, what's going on here? You know, because they're told, oh, we've all done escape rooms. This isn't anything new. But they're kind of acting like they've never done it before. So we have all of this. And then the film takes another turn. But it's all around kind of stuff that you're just like, well, surely you'd ask questions. Surely the questions would have been asked, right? Surely you'd understand certain parameters. So you're just looking at it like, huh? And also, this is a stretch. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just like, what? What's happening here? So we we go kind of real crazy, real real fucking crazy, 
and the film like there's there's things that happen within the film now that again don't really make any sense you know like just certain actions and reactions right because firstly we're shown at one point that he's meant to like Cole's meant to be a good aim and good at certain things but then in the crunch it's just like oh he's kind of shit like what you know what I mean so you're just like you're kind of scratching your head at like well what is this right what is this then we have a there's this moment right which oh this could happen now you know that you know it ain't gonna be that simple right but this is the big thing we have seen nothing that would make us believe that he'd go and do the other thing Right, there's nothing that we have seen that tells us, yeah, no, he definitely, you know what I mean? Like, from what we've seen, he'd do the first thing. So, you're now like, hmm, I don't know if I'm buying this. So, but you're like, okay, fine. So, he's doing the second thing. Now, you would figure, okay... So, we are now on a mad time frame, okay? And we got to be super careful, which none of this happens, right? So, you're just a bit like, why would you do the second thing if you're not doing this other stuff now, right? Makes no sense. Just no sense whatsoever, and uh, some stuff happens, right? And the film ends, right? It ends, but with this twist that you do, like, you see the twist coming. But the, the, the issue is this, right? With the way the film does come to the climax, right? You are kind of... Firstly, it's this situation of, I don't believe he had that in him, right? Because it's, again, that belief that he would do the second thing, right? We're now led to believe that he could then do this next thing. And all within... This situation where he's getting told something. So he's being told this thing. Which you would go, what? You know what I mean, it would be a pause. And especially from him, right? Especially from Cole. Because we've seen it throughout, right? We have seen him pause throughout. But for some reason, at this last moment, there's no pause, right? 
No pause whatsoever. Even after these certain things are said. So it's like, huh? What? And then everything, boom, comes. And they do, and the, like it does that weird little wrap up thing, where it's just like, oh, you missed the. This is the stuff that you didn't see, and they do that, and it's just like, god damn it, like, no, I'm not buying it. But then also, if you're adding that bit. You kind of now have to add a kind of final wrap up. You know what I mean? That that should be done. But it's just like the end is not satisfying because it doesn't it doesn't really seem to coalesce with anything you've seen. Now this is the thing, right? So um Wernick, you know, he he as I read to you, right, he has this whole supposed narrative on the perils of social media and how it changes you and, you know, you, you're you on social media what you're not really in real life, right? It's a facade and all of this. And, and that's all well and good, right? It's easy to say that, but the film doesn't really hit these points it it gives us a slight a slight little kind of looky look but that's it there is no real like narrative on any of these points which like is is the kind of big problem because if you're trying to say that this film is a social narrative Right, it's uh, you know, holding up the mirror, but it's just not. <laughs> it's not because the film is just, it's it, it you know it's too one dimensional to be any of those things, which is a shame. Right, it, it, you know, it's a shame that it is. You know, just not as deep as you'd want. Right? You're expecting, you know, an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And all we kind of get is a puddle. Now, listen. Yeah, that might be a bit harsh. And I am sure that a lot of people are going to be like, Yeah, I am on this. Right now, I I kind of feel. Listen, if you're a fan of Wernick's Escape Room, you know that as I said, twenty seventeen. If you're a fan of then the other, the later Escape Room film that came out, I feel that was last year. Right, if if those films hit you, you're like, yeah, no, that's great. If you're a fan of you know stuff like Saw. Um, hostile Then Yeah I think you'd probably Dig this I think it might speak to you more Right For me 
I'm just not really. It's not my kind of thing. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I'm 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 assuming if you're a fan of those things that yeah, this is all you, right? So it is out today, people, right? It is um, yeah, you'll be able to watch it on uh, you know any digital on demand platform, right? It's released in the UK by Vertical Entertainment, so. Uh, yeah, you know, escape, sorry, no escape, right, go check it out. I have to say that, you know, sometimes you see a film at a film festival, and it can be a great film, but they don't always get distribution deals straight away, so you just... You know, you're waiting for this thing to, you know, come out so the masses finally get to see this great piece of work. Um, so, yeah, it was really nice to find out that Lionsgate is uh, releasing Blackbird. Yeah, so Blackbird, I saw it last year at the, who last year was 63rd? Yeah, the 63rd London Film Festival. And it was one of those films that yet yeah, you you just managed to catch by chance. And it really just lights up your day. Which is funny because this is not <laughs> the happiest of topics. But it is such a tremendous film. Right? So it's... Uh, you know, it's from director Roger Mitchell, who, yeah, he's been around for a while, right? Just doing his thing on the, on the scene, putting out just some great work, right? Like, a lot of people might know him from Notting Hill, but, you know, his Venus and just a whole heap of other stuff. It's written by uh, Christian Torp And it has got a tremendous cast You know, I have to point out You know, the producers Cheryl Clark, Rob Van Norden And uh, David Bernardi um, Yeah, it's starring Susan Sarandon Kate Winslet Mia Wachowski Lindsay Duncan Sam Neill Ryan Wilson, Bex Taylor Klaus, and Anson Boone. Uh, the cinematography is Mike Ely, and the music is Peter Gregson. Now, interestingly enough, it's actually a uh, adaptation of a oh, I think it was a twenty fourteen. Danish film called Silent Hi Silent Heart, which I hadn't known. Right, but um, yes, this it it's such, uh, just a magnificent film, just put together just so well. Like just these subtle touches that all to come together to help really just. 
paint this narrative. You know, give us this understanding of this really just ah, like it's a pivotal family moment, right? Something that a lot most people even really don't even have to face. But it's told in this way that is able to capture everything. You know, the, the, the sadness, the happiness, the strength and power of this moment. Like, this decision. You know, this embracing of life. Right? It, it, it's just really, really well handled. Like, we hear a lot, right, about... um. Hi, just uh, oh man, was it you? Medical suicide? Uh, you know, like um, yeah, when you when you choose to die, and and it's always I hear it's always kind of told in this negative way, but this film just is able to kind of encapsulate a lot that goes into that. Now, obviously, it's going to be different for everyone, right? But I think this is a well-crafted narrative of this situation, right? So, uh, basically, the story is um, a family spanning three generations that comes together over a weekend at their country house to be with their terminally ill mother, Lily, played by Sarandon, for the last time. As tensions brew between Lily's daughters, Jennifer, uh, who's Winslet, and Anna, who's Wachowski, secrets emerge, threatening hopes of a peaceful farewell. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> I know, this this story, right? Uh, you know, let's, it starts off... Right, it, it, everything starts off, and we see uh, Paul, you know, Lily's husband. He's up. He's f- watering you know, the flowers, feeding the animals, and we get these just this magnificent views. You know, the sun's rising, and it's just these colours. Like, the cinematography of this film is really something. And it is crazy because, really, on a location basis, there's not loads. But everyone that is utilised really adds something to the film. Right? Nothing is kind of thrown in. That you know is is just excess flab. This is a very lean film, and like everything is just utilized, you know, extremely well. You know, which is kind of funny when you when you're talking about someone that's dying, right? There is no excess here. You know what I mean? There's, there, everything is life. 
right? The irony of it, it is, yeah, this is crazy. But, um, you know, we, we then see Lily, you know, she's getting out of bed and you straight away, you know something is wrong, right? You know that, yeah, there's there's an issue, but we don't know the extent. But you can see there's an illness of some type. Uh, and then the rest of the family arrive. And so everyone's coming, so you're just like, hmm, okay, this can't be good. This definitely cannot be a good situation. But everything, you know, we don't have a sense of, like, false narratives. You know, things that are thrown in to lead a story somewhere. We get to see these moments that are awkward, but just masterfully just handled. Like, giving of gifts. <laughs> like, because... Firstly, why would you? Right? It doesn't make any sense. And what is the gift that you would give to someone who is going to be dead in a, you know, a day or two? Weird, right? And that, we get all of that. All of it in the scene. Without it being just false, contrived... You know, it just feels extremely natural. You know, we have everyone involved just on top form. Really top form. And I, I think when I first saw this film, I hadn't seen um, Sarandon in anything for a while. Right? So you, uh, you're you like, oh my God, I forgot how great an actress she is. I mean, she's just so good. And the same with, like, Sam Neill. You know what I mean? I think you, people would remember Neil from maybe Jurassic Park or, or, or something. But, you know, you, you see him in this, like, a role like this. It's just so nuanced. You know, there's, there's just... A, a, a majesty in all of these performances because everyone handles them perfectly. You know, it all fits together like a jigsaw. You know, just seeing like um, Rain Wilson, you know, who plays Michael, um, the the husband of uh, you know um, Winslet's character Jennifer. And like he's just you know, he's like a a nondescript like awkward guy. But you know, he's very extremely caring and you know his heart's in the right place. You know, he's trying to be supportive and understanding and it all just it's all there. Like you don't need any of these, you know, backgrounds, you know, these, like, deep dives into the character, because everyone gives you what you need, 
just in the things that they're doing in the way that they're responding, talking, moving, it's all there, right, it, we get everything, the sense of it all, like, um, when Anna and Chris arrive, right, you, you see what this situation is, you see the frailty in Anna, but also the, you know, the, the want to be strong, you know, the, the the need to be heard and seen as more than something that's broken. You know what I mean? And I think Chris, just that support, right? Now, I feel like um, the way that relationship is handled, you know, like, you see the strength in it. Even when, you know, we're told that, yeah, it's been rocky. There's been moments. But in that telling, you see how it's become stronger. And the, the way it's kind of blossomed. You know, it, it, it's great. I think in this film, you, I remember during the festival that, you know, there was two films that had these really well-crafted, like, dinner scenes. So there was this, and then there was Tom Cullen's Pink Wall, right? Both very different scenes, but both very natural, right? The scenes work extremely well, you know, and, and the scope of them. Right, ranging from different conversations, yo, we got the highs of these happy, fun conversations to then things getting really serious, but then they branch off again, and it, it, you know, it, everything is there, right? And the camera work to really just help bring it all to life, we just pan around, but in this great way, oftentimes we're kind of just on someone's shoulder, or then we just pan out a little bit more, but every time it, you, you just feel in that moment, right, just in that moment, and like with the film, it's, you know, being this sad I mean, like, on paper, it would seem like it's a sad, a sad moment, right? But it isn't. You know what I mean? There's this uh, embracing of life, you know, of the moment. Because you're saying, this is what I've done. Like, this is what I achieved. I have all my loved ones around me. And so we go through all of these emotions during the film, right? And even on a second viewing, everything hits you. Like, everything hits you. And, you know, there's definitely a couple of times when, oh, my God. Like, you can just feel yourself just like, oh, no. <laughs> like, like, like what, what, what's going on? Why am I... 
Whew, why are my eyes feeling a little, I don't know, there's water in my eyes. What's happening here? <laughs> you know what I mean? It just really hits you. Really hits you. But then we have these other, like, because we're following, like, these decisions, right? And uh, we, we see the characters accepting it. Some of them not, right? And you kind of, you know, you could look at it and thinking oh, they're just selfish, right? They did like how could they do these things? Like that's just terrible, right? But you know, you have to look at it in this way that it's you know, they're just trying to come to terms with it all. You mean know, they 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 keep on trying? They're fighting. They want more time. And it's just like, yeah, I get that. Right? And that's one of these great things that, uh, you know, the film is able to do. You know, uh, Christian Torp, you know, he, he's, he's been able to really craft that into these scenes. Right? Because you're not mad you could be very mad at some of these actions and faults, but you're able to see the full scope of it all, right? And and that's really powerful, you know. And then when we get to those final moments, whoo, yeah, it is something. It really is, you know. And especially the final. The final scene, right? It, it's just I feel the film is ended on this perfect, perfect moment, right? And again, the colours that are all around, really just, you know, they they they, they put the final touch to this moment. To this, it's done. Yeah, it's now done. Right, so we have this, and then we play, <laughs> we just hear a moment from earlier in the film, right? And although it's this silly little song, it just works. It works right there. Works right there. You know, and you're just like, yeah, of course. Nice. That's just the way it should be, right? And ah, people, if you haven't seen this film, you you just <laughs> see this film, people. <laughs> you really need to see this film. Okay, it is out digitally um, on Monday, the twenty first of September. Okay, so you can you know everyone that's embraced digital, that's for you, but. But people, if you still like the feel of something physical in your hands, you can order it on DVD from Monday, the 28th of September. Okay, so um, yeah, there's a, a pre-order link in the episode details. So um, whichever way you want to consume this, digitally on the 21st, physically on the 28th. You're all covered. But 
just whatever you do, people, check it out. This is a tremendous film. It really is. You know, just well-crafted, well-acted, just, you know, magnificently put together. So that's Blackbird, people. Okay? Great stuff. Okay, people, so we are drawing to a close on another episode, but let's take a look and see what's happening in uh, the world of films. So, Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson have got a new film. It's called Marry Me. It's through Universal Pictures. And um, right now it's scheduled for Valentine's Day next year. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with all the changes happening to the schedule, oh, we'll see if that stays in place, right? So, um... Yeah, in the film, uh, Lopez plays Cat Valets, who's um, half of the sexiest celebrity power couple on earth with hot new music supernova Bastion. <laughs> Played by Malayuma. Um, as their inescapable hit single climbs the charts, they are about to be wed before an audience of their fans in a ceremony that will stream across multiple platforms. Divorced high school math teacher Charlie Gilbert, played by Wilson, has been dragged to the concert by his daughter Lou and his best friend oh, Sarah Silverman. When um, Kat learns seconds before the ceremony that Bastian has cheated on her with her assistant, her life turns left as she has a meltdown on stage questioning love, truth, and loyalty <laughs> I mean it sounds stupid But it could be funny right well, We will have to see Okay So um Alright well Hmm This could be interesting So another universal situation They are um, Teaming up with Madonna On a biopic Right Um now, interestingly enough, um, yeah, she, Madonna, is going to um, write and direct it herself. Uh, Diab- Diably Cody is gonna help co-write it with her, but um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel that. You know what I mean? Now we saw it was straight out of Compton when, um, yeah, the people involved have so much. Things get left out. You know what I mean? A lot gets left out, people. Hmm. Okay, so, um, you know, Jane Austen had the um, book Persuasion that, I think, was that the last one that came out? 
Hmm, I forget. I know it's one of my friend's favourite of her books. But anyway, um, a new adaptation of it is getting made by Search Light and BBC Films. Um, the film is going to have Sarah Schnook. Uh, she's going to be playing the role of um, Anne Elliot. You know, so um, yeah, it could be interesting. Uh, so um, Alison Owen and Deborah Haywood are writing the script. Uh, it looks like Jessica Schwer is um, yeah, she'll be writing the script. Oh, uh, I just god damn it. Alison Owen and Deborah Haywood are producing. Good. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so um yeah, they're doing a sequel to uh the boss baby. Um this time uh Jeff Goldblum Arena Greenblatt and Eva Longaria will be joining the cast. Um, it's going to be called the Boss Baby Family Business. Oh dear! <laughs> oh dear! Uh, so Alec Baldwin is going to be reprising his role as said Boss Baby Ted. Uh, and Jimmy Kimmel and Lisa Kudrow are returning as the parents. Uh, Jamie, James Marsden and Amy Sedaris will also be uh, starring in the film. And um, Tom McGrath, he's coming back to direct. So, uh, yeah. Now... Let's end on this uh, Like nothing is concrete But it seems that Disney will be pushing back Black Widow and Soul Both are uh, meant to be um, released in November you know, Black Widow is scheduled for the 6th And Soul for the 20th uh, but it seems that, you know, Tenant didn't do the huge numbers they were hoping. I mean, it's making a lot of money, but yeah, they thought it would make more and have everyone swarm back to the cinema, which, I mean, that was never going to happen. Like, people were always going to come out to see it, but, you mean... <laughs> we're in the middle of this pandemic still So it's not like Cinewise were never going to be packed out Like I have no clue what their weird Mentality around this was You know what I mean That's why you gotta do Digital same day release So the people that Will go to the cinema Can, they have that option And the people that are like mm, I'd rather not I'm shielding right now They can still watch the film at home You know what I mean 
But yeah, because of that, I mean, we've already seen uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and Candyman get pushed back. So yeah, the the thinking right now is um, yeah, that's gonna happen with um, Black Widow and Soul. But you know, we'll. I'm sure it will, will be confirmed by next week. But we still don't know So uh, yeah We're waiting and seeing But people That is us So enjoy your film watching Have fun Remember Go check out Blackbird on Monday And um, yeah We'll catch you next Thursday people Alright So throw those bows Have fun And peace